Welcome to Ah Crap, the Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Kate Thompson. And me, Mark David Christensen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and we're still discussing the pages of Darkness Calls. <laughs> the final two chapters today, plus two epilogues. It's a fucking epic episode. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of story. But before we can get to that, I had one thing I wanted to pull up. Kate, you might freeze real quick on the camera okay. just because I got to look it up because I saved it on our Instagram feed. This comes no from Josie underscore Soji, uh, J-O-S-I-E underscore S-H-O-G-I-E. He brought it to my attention that Ron Perlman was quoted on like still having hope to do uh, a Hellboy movie that complete the trilogy, which I thought was sort of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was going to just read the quote. This is from IGN, a little post on their website. I'm trying to pull it up. My Instagram is being bad. There it is. All right. I'm just literally taking this off of their like post. It's literally just a quote from the IGN's Instagram, uh, IGN.com Instagram post. It says, Ron Perlman still wants a Hellboy 3. So I guess this is a segment of uh, uh, <laughs> Hell in the Cinema. But <laughs> uh, it says, he, sa he says, there's always a little ember that lives deep within me that says maybe one day Guillermo del Toro will wake up and go, you know what? Fuck. We need to finish this trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that he loves the character so much. Like it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is great that you he know? does love the character, and he did a great job at being Hellboy. So yeah, totally. Makes sense. And they did. It sounds like they definitely had a plan for how to like uh, finish it off. But yeah, things got in the way of it. It's very funny. Yeah, um, he loves the character so much. That he, I think he, me and Kate were talking about this right before recording, but I, I thought I wasn't going to bring it up, but I think we got to bring it up because it's funny. And he, <laughs> I think he does love the character so much that he thinks he's the character, I guess, <laughs> because he was interviewed recently and they asked him about Donald Trump because he's very vocally anti-Trump, uh, which I support. But then at one point they were talking about him going to hell. The, the president's like about Trump. Going yeah, like off. like it was just like he everything he's done is going to take him to hell. And then the the host of the show he was on was like, well, you're Hellboy. And instead of saying <laughs> Hellboy, well, I hope Hellboy's the first person he meets in hell. He goes, I hope I'm the first person that meets him and I'll show him what the right handed doom is all about. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Like it's so funny. It's so perfectly funny. I love it too. Because he's, you know, he's like just trying to rip into him. He's like, but it'll be me down there. I mean, he already like tried to like didn't Ted Cruz and somebody else try to fight him? Beat like I just saw that it was like Ron Perlman challenges Ted Cruz to a wrestling match. It's like okay. It's wild. The world is wild. I love him. He's like he's like a curmudgeonly uncle, but like who hates Trump in this scenario. Yes, yes. It's a it's a fun combination when the when the angry uncle is on your side. Yeah, it's a perfect ideal for that. It's the uncle that we all want instead of the one yeah. we get. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But that's it. That is uh, that short little segment of Hell in the Cinema, or I, maybe maybe that's another segment of just Perlman <laughs> Perlman Bites. I don't know. Perlman Bites. That's such a dumb title. <laughs> Perlman. Perlman Bites. Bites. We're <laughs> 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 becoming a jock. Uh, whatever jock radio, what are they yeah, called? Shock jocks. Shock, shock jocks. For br- any time we bring up Ron Perlman now, we got like a zoo crew in the morning just talking about Ron Perlman. <laughs> yeah, what Ron? What crazy thing did Ron Perlman say this morning? <laughs> Wake up to Perlman bites. So reading this man's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much a segment where we just read his Twitter. Uh, that's all. But yeah, that, great. Uh, that was that's that's all we got for the top of this episode. That yeah. entertainment from Mr. Perlman. So that let's we have a a large episode ahead of us. Yeah. Um, a lot of a uh, story to get through. So let's jump in. Kate, you can take over. Maybe yeah. give give us a recap of just where we left where we last left off from uh, totally. chapter four. Yeah, coming back from like we're we're watching as uh, Koshe shoots. Arrows hitting Vasilisa, killing the little girl, like turning her back into this doll that she told the story about, about Baba Yaga giving her the doll and all that good stuff. As she is dying, she gives Hellboy a comb and is like, here, this is for you. And it looks like it might be curtains for Hellboy. He's getting like confronted by Koshi, the deathless here. And, and he's full of arrows. Woof. Yeah, he's, like, just got, like, four arrows sticking out of him in this one picture. (laughs) And he's super close to the doorway that could take him back to Earth. But he's not quite there yet. And Baba Yaga's still, like, watching from afar, uh, kind of goading Koshion. And then, yeah, so we see the beginning of the next chapter of the fifth chapter with the world tree. And we see the squirrel. I forget this fucking squirrel's name. Uh yeah, I forget it too. Ratatosker, Ratatosker, uh, Ratatosker. They mention him in the novel that we read, right? In the last novel, I we read? do believe you're right. They did mention yeah. him. He like talks to Hellboy. I yeah, think. he's running up and down the world tree, and then gets fucking shot with an arrow by one of the undead soldiers in Baba Yaga's like army here. Yeah. So you're getting the sense, really, like, Baba Yaga, we've seen her this whole time killing all of these old gods and, uh, yeah, just these other big figures in lore and myth and kind of, I guess, just, like, building her own power by just the simple fact that the rest of these guys aren't, like, competing against her. Mm-hmm. It feels like an um, old mob mentality. Like, I'm just yeah, going to Yeah, she's, like, the- knocking them all out. <laughs> totally. I don't know the name of this figure behind her, but he's really cool and creepy looking. Yeah. This, I- like, Russian death. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, all I thought it was, was a Russian yeah. <laughs> death. I was like, yeah. very cool design, though. <laughs> really neat. Yeah, and we see Baba Yaga has strung up all of her lanterns, her, like, skull lanterns on the world tree. And uh, this other figure, too, who I... It's Goku, right? Goku or whatever? Yeah, oh, yeah. Which we saw. Uh, he talked to the witches. So he's kind of, like, part of her evil machinations to put herself in power, get Hellboy, get, like, revenge on Hellboy and all that cool stuff. Yeah. So she's like observing the showdown between Hellboy 
and the deathless. And they're kind of like, like he's got like Koshi's like, turn yourself in. Don't let Baba Yaga get her sport. He's like, screw that. He th- he chucks the comb at Koshi <laughs> and is, is like, like, he doesn't know, you know, what's going to happen. But he throws it at him and he's like, ah, that's funny. I guess we're going to fight to the death now. And then from <laughs> the comb, like it's spring, all of these huge trees spring up super fast Hellboy's like, didn't see that coming. <laughs> and just like the limbs are like stabbing into Koshi and like holding him there at the top of the trees. You know, like the all of these other figures are observing it like, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Koku's like, oh. Like, oh, didn't. like that's surprising. <laughs> Nobody saw that one coming. <laughs> so, yeah, they're just like uh, just kind of watching all this go down. This death figure. Have you ever played the game Grim Fandango? No, I have not. It's like a fun point and click kind of like game. But uh, the character art like reminds me of the skull a little bit, like with this round, very round mouth ah. and um, very like even teeth. It's a, But it's a it's just like a cool looking game. But yeah, it's like, yeah, you should have given me that little Vasilisa a long time ago. You should have let her die instead of giving her those favors. Now look at this. Baba Yaga's like, this isn't over. Like, Hellboy's going to be mine. Koshi's mine. And you're like, what's what are you going to do now, lady? I really like um, what she says yeah. here, too, which sort of like foreshadows possibly what's to come beyond this yeah. story when she says it might feel like an empty gesture right now. But I'm like curious if it's, you know, what what do you think of this? Kate is not reading that far ahead when she yells, the world of men is finished with him. There's no place for him to go. It's very interesting. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I guess if. Yeah, I truly don't know yet. Yeah. I feel like I should know or something if it's like, think about this line. (laughs) I mean, I just I'm wondering if it it triggered something of like, did it make you think that there's something going to be coming down the line? Do you think? Oh, when he gets back to his normal life, things will change. Because it to me, it stood out in this rereading of like, oh, that's a yeah. bold statement to make right now. And it cu- it made me go, oh. I guess as of yet, as of reading like, because I'm, I've also read the issue after this in the epilogues where you do see the BPRD. And we'll talk about that more later, I guess. But like, it seems like his, at least the his friends of the BPRD haven't written him off yet. Mm-hmm. The world of men, I guess it also makes me think of the, like, the fairy king and stuff, kind of, like, packing it in. And, like, the witches kind of have tried to make Hellboy their king, and he said no. So maybe it, it, in that regard, oh, okay. the world Great. of men is done with him. But I'm... I don't know as far as like humanity as a whole. Great. I love whether that. they're done with him or not. But yeah, it's a very ominous thing to say. Yeah. It's like he's not in a good place. Yeah. And I think it's great that Dave Stewart's colors changes throughout this page to sort of yeah. grow with her anger. I love that. That is really cool. Yeah. To show this like fire igniting in her mouth and stuff. And then it cuts back to England where below that church, digging out the Blood Queen, the giant emerges with her in this box. She was cut up into a bunch of little pieces. The body parts kept finding their way back together. So she's like some assembly required in this box right here. And the giant's like, well, I'm going down into this hole because I remember the last time she was here was fucking horrible. And Graugux's like, you're a fool. Like, come with us. You're going to be rewarded for, you know, 
being one of the first cool guys in her sight or so. Like Graugach has this image of like, I'm going to be made a prince with armies and yeah. stuff once once uh, the Blood Queen returns. And the giant's just like, nope, I'm going down into this hole. And Yeah, uh, I love the dialogue here because it's, Graugach's like, no, now brother, you're free. And the giant... Free to climb down into this hole yeah. and none to say otherwise. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I think not. Like, he's really cool. And then he's like, yeah, so he's just, he seals himself back up in there. And yeah, Graugach and these two other little minion-y lock, stock, and barrel kind of guys are like dragging the Blood Queen. Yeah, talking about how they're going to be rewarded once she's once she's awakened. Then we cut over to the fairy king and his little like court. I don't know what you would call yeah, it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And they're they're kind of just talking with each other. How bad is this going to be? We will not survive it. Like it's certain that these like children of the earth, like fairy creatures are going to be toast after whatever confrontation this turns into goes down yeah Poshik's there like suffering and dying on the limbs this cool russian death figure is like just patiently waiting it seems to collect his soul <laughs> hellboy's like oh poor bastard you had it coming for what you did to that kid and just kind of like is saying bye to baba yaga like he's gonna leave and then meanwhile baba yaga's like bring me koshi's soul so it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right. Before we go move on, because I think that's the big turning point for this story is that. Yeah. The soul. I, I think we skipped over one little, like, just a detail, small detail, sure. which I love. With the giant. I love how the giant tries to remind Grugak that of times that, had, like, he's like, as he's crawling into the giant hole, he's like, I'm old Grugak. Of Log Lean. Maybe you've forgotten, but I remember. And I've never, I have no desire to see times, those times come again. And the images yeah. are just like war. And I'm like, yeah. but there's a part of me is like, I guess this is what this Blood Queen had brought at one point. It's very, these two very ominous, almost apocalyptic in medieval times, two images. I just think that's yeah. something that's very interesting to me, to sort of plant that seed of like, there's some fucking bad shit about to go down. Yeah, a horrible <laughs> war will ensue by waking this chick up. Yeah, but I love I I love that moment too of like now that we're at with bring me um, Kostya's Kostya's soul, just because yeah. we we established like it's hidden, it's been buried in all these animals, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fun detail. You do get to see that, like, and Kostya's still like. You know, he's like bleeding out on the top of this tree. Poor man, he suffers but cannot die since he hid his soul in an egg inside a duck, inside a rabbit, inside a goat. And while they're saying that, you see like this undead soldier emerging, holding the goat, bringing it to Baba Yaga. <laughs> Baba Yaga opens its mouth and sort of like, I guess, like ignites the soul a little bit with her magic. Yeah, I think it's the, I mean, I think it will say it very clear near the end, like, uh, like it's almost her own power, right? Yeah, she's, she's like it with. reviving him a little bit. I mean, she gives this goat full mouth to mouth. Yeah, she fully. There's like a spit line. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah. She's really uh, going for it. And 
Yeah, so she's like, she's reviving him. You see Kosher like this power erupting from his like eyes and mouth and this huge explosion of energy from up in the trees and Hellboy looks back like, oh shit. Baba Yaga fully tonguing this goat, <laughs> you know, just like transferring her power to his soul. He's like busting out of his prison and yeah, she's basically like, you have to accomplish my revenge. He looks like even more badass and cool now. He's like this crazy like flame like flames all around him uh jumping down like his eyes are completely glowing his mouth is glowing he's trying to beat the shit out of hellboy which he he is doing and then hellboy starts walloping him back kushik's kind of like begging to die at this point you know like baba yaga witch no more let me go no my love until you've done this thing you belong to me Body, sword, and soul. Ooh. Yeah. And like they keep, so they keep going at it. They keep fighting. Hellboy, I guess, uh, crushes him with his giant rock. It's like, such an epic moment of him just getting this giant stone rock just to fall fucking right on him. <laughs> yeah. This just huge piece chunk of the mountain. And there's like dust kind of settling. And then Hellboy says, we done? Good. I'm going home. <laughs> but Baba Yaga's still kind of replying like, what home? Not there. Not anymore. And then we see through this uh, like portal through this door. It leads into the church where Hellboy was, where Hellboy had met with all these witches. And they're like f- just flying around in this kind of swarm, like this crazy. Yeah. Like there's hu- hundreds of witches there flying around, possibly like anticipating the return of the Blood Queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or hell. I mean, yeah. You wonder if it is the Blood Queen or if it's hell. What they expect when Hellboy reemerges. It's very. Yeah. It's just so ominous. I like the elements of this story continually to plant seeds that make me think. I was thinking about this, and this might I might be digressing in the middle of right before we finish this chapter, but like what I'm particularly loving about this story is, and maybe this is a little bit of my knowledge of what what's to come, it feels I'm gonna compare I'm gonna compare it to the first two, three storylines, right? They sort of were all like their own ride. Con- um Seed of Destruction, it was like you got on and it was done. Uh, wake the devil you got on you wrote it you had fun you got off same with conquer worm I feel like what we're doing now with these last three storylines these last three main storylines before Hellboy and Hell it feels like we're getting on a train that's just picking up speed yeah it's gonna be one fucking ride and it's I love that about it's like oh you can feel (laughs) the momentum of it for sure it's like yeah I think I think um, all of those like there's like elements of stuff coming together too, like yeah, just Baba Yaga coming back in the first place and like fulfilling all of these things that were like foretold throughout the story. Mm-hmm. That shit's really cool, while still like surprising us and bringing in this new Blood Queen character who's like, and like doing it like slowly enough. I think like giving her enough like preamble up to her emergence, like making her an important enough figure. Like, you know, it's got to be somebody who's super powerful because it's like, well, if it can't be Hellboy who's king, then it has to be 
this yeah. person who we're scared to even talk about. It's like, okay, so this is like a really scary figure. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you, you kind of, it's like, oh, I can't fucking wait to see what this, what this freak is going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> what, this, what this lady's going to do, you know? <laughs> um, it's really cool. By the way, in those witches, I love if you look in the second picture of the witches, they have the witches in the church, and then we have the witches yeah. outside. In the right corner, there's like a witch riding a giant cat. <laughs> the giant cat's great. You have the lady surfing on her giant bone again you know, from the surfing, other yeah. issue. Oh, I love it. I like that some some of them are on brooms, but they're riding it with like the bristle part in the front, which you don't see that interpretation of it that often, I feel. Maybe, maybe in like, I don't know. Maybe it's like an older yeah. interpretation of a witch riding a broom. Yeah, I'm very curious if that's a traditional way to ride a broom or if it's the other. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, uh, we're, like when they're depicted in art, is this what they would have been depicted as like mm, hundreds of years ago? Yeah, I'm very curious. As it, opposed to the more aerodynamic brush, brush, brushes in the back. Yeah, of, like a rocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so so cool to look at. There's so much going on in these two images. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. So cool, and you have like harpy looking witches too. Like like they they really run the gamut of like old and young. Um, yeah, they have two cat two witches riding cats. I just realized two huge yeah, cats. I yeah. love it. And a pig, giant pig. So cool. The bench. I want to know more about the the the, the witch that rides a bench. Right. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. She's the second string witch. <laughs> so funny. Second string. Very funny. So there it's just so cool. It's such a cool drawing. Yeah, and like Baba Yaga's continuing to like now she's like grasping with both hands the head of this goat, which contains Koshe's soul. And she's still speaking to Hellboy. This is your only home now with enemies who will never tire, can never be killed. No, no, no. The only escape for you is death. And like that's said as Koshi's like dialogue, his like dialogue bubble, his speech bubble yeah. screams out for death, which is great. It's like a nice way to overlap what Baba Yaga saying and what he is begging for. Yes. Yeah. And he like busts out from under this rock, still imbued with all of this crazy power. Hellboy's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, I like his still fighting. It- yeah, like I like Hellboy's like the way Duncan Fregredo has drawn him because he's not like in an action pose. He's really like being like just he's thrown like in the air. Back. Yeah, yeah, he's like, fuck. Ah. <laughs> like he was like standing over that stone and now it's like he's losing his footing, which is like a good visual representation of how the character must feel where yeah. it's like, oh, I thought I had a handle on the situation and I don't yet. And Koshi just looks fucking really badass he's starting to become more monstrous like his uh in classic mignola fashion these like tusks are emerging yes you know Mm -hmm. his like becomes more like bestial and has these yeah big protruding underbite with like huge ass teeth in his head just looks really really cool yeah it's a great it's a great like energy filled um cliffhanger for this yeah. chapter, like for chapter five to and end. And it's like, like almost that. a splash page. It's not like completely a splash, but it's like a nice big taking up most of the space of this last page. This like awesome action image of Koshi even 
you know, larger than life. He's like huge now. He's giant size. Yeah. <laughs> Scary as shit. You're like, Hellboy's toast. Yeah. But he's not really. No, he's the fucking best. <laughs> he can't be. Um, yeah, and that's the end of chapter five. We'll just roll right into chapter six. Super good. The last chapter of this uh of uh Darkness Calls. And we see really cool close-ups of all of Baba Yaga's skeleton lanterns, but they're yeah. like dimming. They're starting to like wink out you mm-hmm. know and the last of the three panels is one that's completely completely out and then she speaks about it uh lamps dim and go out but no matter here is my burning torch and like she's still like got this goat with koshi's soul burning inside of it mm-hmm. they continue to just beat the shit out of each other yeah, I mean, Hellboy yeah. is holding his own. I mean, the first image that we get is literally him giving him a fucking right hand of doom, you know? Giving him a good smack. <laughs> I like this shot of Hellboy because you kind of see what's going on in the back of his shorts. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, those shorts have a hole for the tail. You know, <laughs> so frequently, so often, it'll just be obscured by a, like a flap of his coat or something. Yeah. It's just like fun to see like what these little shorts look like, what his little action shorts are have you know he's got all of his like cool pouches and his belt his gun belt and stuff resting on his tail yeah and i love that his like shorts have buckles on the legs to keep him real tight (laughs) yeah and then uh yeah they're just like beating the hell out of each other as baba yaga kind of like reiterates where we're at she's like yeah you're because she's a horrible thing he's like you have to keep he's just like willing him to continue to fight make my dream his nightmare till he pays what he owes then maybe we will both be free. So, like, this implication that, like, she's maybe compelled to continue going after Hellboy for revenge, like, maybe, like, it's so a part of her character now that, uh, like, she's not, she can't be separated from this feeling of wanting revenge. Like, she'll never rest until she gets her eye back and stuff like that. Yeah, Um, and I think we also, I think in the earlier when he got her eye shot out, it's been implied there as well by the the familiars and wake the devil that when she got hurt i believe when hellboy took her eye it allowed her at that point or some point she's lost her ability to to go into the real world she's stuck in this yeah the fairy like it's world. a curse in itself and i think if she it gets completed maybe that lets her be free to go eat children in the real world <laughs> yeah. Or to like continue gaining her power yeah. or something like that. Or if her power her power grabs that we've seen on this like plane of existence are only for her to get her eye back to return to Earth. But I don't know. It seems like she's kind of going for something bigger. Like she's trapped in the, in a similar way that like Hecate's trapped by the use of her secret name Ilsa. It's mm-hmm. like a magical kind of conjuring thing. Like I think that in some way, Baba Yaga is trapped by, yeah, this, like, need for her vengeance. And like you said, like, that might be the key to her. Like, her being whole and restored is, like, something that seems to be super important for her to, like, return to the mortal plane to keep, you know, to be up to her old tricks or whatever. Yeah, totally. I love that that thought process through that. That's a great breakdown of that, Kate. Hey, it was 50% you, man. <laughs> and, like... It's, I, I like this part of chapter six because you see uh, two of the undead soldiers watching Hellboy and Koshi's battle. 
And one of them says, he was a good old captain. I was uh, with him at the Battle of uh, Chernigov on the road to Kiev where he shot the Nightingale, which I'm sure is all like real references yeah. to the folk folklore about this figure. And when he went to the, uh, oh boy, here we go, <laughs> to the uh, Soroshinks, Soroshinks? Mountains I, to I, kill you, you dragons. I think you nailed it. <laughs> Who knows? If you know, write us in and tell us or whatever. <laughs> um, it's sad to see him now, hollow puppet for a witch. It's true, which is like really cool that he was like this great warrior and now he's like diminished to just kind of this, you know, glorified errand boy for Baba Yaga. Yeah, and I think it's something begging I... Begging to die. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's begging to die. And I think it's consistently a theme throughout, for Hellboy's villains, throughout, even from the beginning, is sort of seeing them blind to their own, like, demise. And they're sort of... And you, you sort of, like, find different ways to empath to find empathy towards their villains. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, Conqueror Worm of... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the the Nazi woman that turned in, that gets half turned into a to a lizard by she's the bloodline of the floating head and she gets turned in and she's like now I've made it so you yeah. can remember what you sacrificed. And it's those moments where you're like, "Oh, you never really took the time to figure out what you were getting into. You just were blind by power." And it sort of feels like that's what Kostyak Kostier was also there was probably a point yeah. where he was like yeah I would love to be immortal I'll be powerful and then now it's centuries or what turns into a curse yeah, yeah. eons later he's like fuck this yeah what have I done <laughs> and I love that these these side characters are just like yeah man it sucks to see this guy be a puppet I love that yeah <laughs> and he is just turning more and more like bestial as he's fighting he just looks more animalistic than ever he's like trying to tell hellboy he's like death is a gift you should die it would be <laughs> what do you want to like suffer for basically and hellboy's just like yeah you killed that kid you killed vasilisa and i'm uh i did a thousand years ago and have been made to do it dozens of times since that's my curse like yeah i guess just continuing to cause to like do the violence of that this uh that Baba Yaga wants him to do and yeah there's a lot of like kind of overlapping stuff at this point where Hellboy and Koshi are fighting talking about like escaping power uh, the power of Baba Yaga and there's kind of nowhere to go god what's this guy's name this little guy isn't it Goku 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 I think okay, it's Goku cool. The witches say it, right? I think so, but I... We're very bad on names, and I always talk about how we should write them down, and we never do. Uh, we're bad. But he's he's <laughs> there, and he's like, he's basically telling Baba Yaga, like, that's the end of probably, like, her power or his soul or whatever. No, a spark remains, and she, like, continues to feed Koshi's soul, who gets up one more time after being, like, having the shit beat out of him by Hellboy. Gets up, screams Hellboy. He's this giant, demonic-looking monster now with, like, horns and uh, glowing green eyes. And Hellboy's like, now you're just being stupid. 
Lady, leave the poor bastard alone. You want to get me? Get off your lazy wooden ass and come here. <laughs> I'll poke your other eye out and beat you with, to death with a rock. How'd you like that, huh? <laughs> so, like, that's happening. Baba Yaga's power is finally depleted. She can no longer feed Koshi's soul. And this death figure is like, there's nothing left. The lights in your house have even gone out. Like, you have no power left, essentially. And she, Baba Yaga says, there is something, not quite a spark, a crumb, a scrap, but, oh, not that. Like, people see what she's about to do. Not yeah, him. like, Goku tries to stop her. He grabs yeah, it Yeah, he, from like, her tries head. to grab it, but she, uh, and he throws it down, but she already utters his name, Rasputin. Yeah, we know that, because that's where he, he put his soul, right? His, his last bit of essence. And he, Goku, like, throws the acorn containing it down into the roots of the world tree and as baba yaga says rasputin so does koshi say it so he's close to hellboy hellboy hears it and says what what did you say don't even get me started with that guy (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile this acorn is falling down into this like pit of flame uh koshi seems to be done but he's he's defeated anyway but baba yaga's like your soul still belongs to me Lying hag, I know you will never let me go. Strike him dead, I'll strike. But this last blow, I strike for myself. And he throws a dagger at Hellboy. It hits Hellboy in the back. He has the cloth that Vasilisa had given him, and that falls. And as it falls, it hits the ground and erupts into, like, waves. Giant, like, a huge amount of water just erupts immediately, and it floods this whole area. Which I love. I love that yeah. her little gifts were just these sec- little secrets, elemental yeah. elements. I love that. Yeah, it was really cool. And it, like, extinguishes this flame that got started on these uh, trees that emerged from the comb that Vasilisa had given him. And this whole, like, valley is completely flooded. Koshi's body is, like, floating around in the water. Goku says, now finally you understand. And Baba Yaga has this speech bubble, like, seems to want to say something, but either can't or won't. She sort of is, like, just, like very the end of this goat's horn she's like kind of just letting go of Mm -hmm. and this death figure is telling her hellboy is as deathless as koshi the eye you want cannot be taken it must be given and as far as he's come as much as he's suffered he is not ready not yet so yeah it, it reveals to baba yaga and to us the audience that hellboy i guess can't be killed basically he's as deathless as koshi like He'll keep fighting forever. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, too, like, what does that mean about Hellboy's soul? Like, we know Koshe's soul is, like, wrapped up in all of, like, hidden so deep in all of these animals and this egg and duck and rabbit and goat and hidden away. And what does that do to Koshe? It, like, kind of turns him into this, like, demonic puppet. Yeah. So what's going on with Hellboy? Like, it does bring up a lot of questions. Like, if that means this for Koshe, what does that mean for Hellboy to also be immortal in a sense? As Hellboy, he like, emerges through that portal, he's in that dilapidated church where the witches were, but they're, they're no longer there. He sees the kind of, like, ghost of Vasilisa watching him. He, tur- he like, lights a cigar and <laughs> tosses the match over his shoulder as he walks out, bleeding. As he walks out, he says, you've been waiting long? And we see uh, 
um, Igor Brom, uh, Bromhead out here. No, it's not. Just I- waiting. Oh, this isn't Igor. This is the uh, the witch finder. This is her. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Hood. We'll get to Igor. Yeah, you're right, though. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, the... What's the fuck? What the fuck is this guy's name now? I'm just, not it's Hood. Um, oh, Hood. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Who we, of course, remember from the first issue, like the skeletal figure that was following him through the woods. Yeah. You want to finish what you started? Finish it. Fine by me, pal. <laughs> Why don't you? And then he, this figure just, Hood repeats, finish it. The uh, coins that burned his eyeballs out that he had been walking around with fall from his skull (laughs) and he sort of like turns to dust and floats away hellboy says that was easy he picks up his sword which has been like it seems to be like a newer somebody newly scratched igor bromhead's name into the sword which is very interesting that he so he's been in igor has been sort of at play behind the scenes a little bit yeah i love that like he must have reanimated hood or something like that or like been somehow involved in like waking up those witches to kind of get this whole thing rolling in the first place, maybe? I mean, definitely with the witches because he tried to use Hecate's power, right? To become yeah. king himself. But then who knows? Because, I mean, and aside from him, just what we're about to find out about his fate, yeah. it's like, what else did he try to do? And I like that we get a little reveal like, oh, he was behind Hood's resurrection. Is and it's very, I love it. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. And yeah, we see Hellboy a couple of days later following the trail of Igor. He finds him in these ruins. Yeah, he's it, like this in bloated Italy. lizard. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, whoa! How many sheep did you eat? <laughs> I swallowed the moon, and oh, it hurts! It hurts! Like you know, he's like suffering in pain he's huge he's just enormous basically like he he tried to yeah he tried to take that power and be like king of the witches but couldn't handle it these birds like uh this owl and like a hawk or an eagle are like leave him leave him to his fate so like either they're witches or familiars being like he should suffer for i guess his transgression yeah all of his transgressions that he's done against all of the witches yeah (laughs) he's like begging to be killed please send me to hell which is horrible like imagine being like hell is better than what's happening to me right now (laughs) and he says i'll see you there as he's stabbed his whole like writhing body is revealed from the earth and he like falls backwards becomes turns back into this small human figure and then he tells hellboy as he's dying i see you there already seated on a dragon at the head of your army. When you see me there, remember. And he's like, shut up. I was like, <laughs> doesn't want to hear any more about it. But we do see this really, really cool, evil, scary shot. You know, this panel of Hellboy with this enormous sword, his horns restored, and his crown on his head revealed. We don't quite see the dragon, but we see these like giant scale, like, bone protrusions that he's like saddled on and this crazy army behind him with these like wild blunted not even swords i guess like yeah they're just like like they like clubs yeah everybody they look like they're made out of iron just pure iron these creatures yeah really cool looking um 
like demonic sort like take on like a demonic army just looks really cool it's like that uh, he and yeah so Igor's like I have this vision of you I see this happening to you Hubble's like cuts him off and is like shut up before he even finishes you know what Um, I love I love that this is one panel of him as this and you just see that like again I'm gonna constantly go back and and like compare this to the the movie because they I feel like they pulled from this source so much mm-hmm. but there's something that's so interesting about how much pride and power is in just this one frame because he's so stoic and still and just confident there's just such a confidence coming off of it that like he's just this king just on his his steed waiting for something Versus in the movie, it was like, I'm on a dragon. I'm going to run off its fucking tail and fall. And it's such like. Right. There's like just this is a, a very calm, like, uh, moment. It, it looks, yeah, he looks like it in like a painting of a general or something. Yeah. He's like, you know, he's very like regal and dignified. And it's not, you know. No, there's no showiness to it. it I f- Moni Moni isn't playing in the background. <laughs> I just think it's like, why didn't they like really take from this? I mean, I get they they did. I think they just totally misread the feeling of the whole comic. Like, I think it's just a completely like different interpretation of yeah, you're what right. This like you know, it's like whenever it, it'll never be as perfect as you like reading it and bringing your own timing and like the voices in your head of this book. You know, it's really hard to live up to that that version. But I think they I think they like objectively missed out on the the feeling of the of the comic and the feeling of the character in the 2019 movie. Yeah. And I think that will really be clear on these pages that follow. Definitely that close out this story. It's a fucking noir story. It's like a noir horror. And, yeah. they, you know, it's not it's. It's not Deadpool, you know? It's like, that's not what it is. Like, which doesn't make Deadpool bad. It's just a different flavor thing. Yes. And adding to the noir and horror, I think that we're now getting, you can tell that like Mignola loves Shakespeare. He likes all those old like sort of tragedies. And I think that becomes very clear in this last couple of pages. Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We see, um, we see Dagda, the king of the fairies. He confronts Graugak and is like, I'm trying, I'm going to try to like talk some sense in you. He's like, fuck you. And then <laughs> he calls him his son. Is he like his literal son? Or is he saying that as like, as in like, I'm the father of all things that are fantastical in I, Ireland? Yeah, I think it's like how anybody like of an elderly position would call like somebody's right. son, I, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's basically telling Graugak to knock it off with this blood queen nonsense and Graugux like you would have us follow you into the dark and Dagda's like there's nothing else that can be done let us too late it cannot be too late trust me my son and then he gets fucking stabbed by this other little piratey minion (laughs) the other minion's like what have you done I I and he like starts weeping that he's like killed this king, this figure that was like a leader to all of their like, you know, all these children of the earth and stuff. And the rest of them kind of gather around and watch this happening. He's like filled with sorrow and despair and is like, what have I done? And he stabs himself in the heart and turns Wild. into dust. Yeah, it's like really, uh, this is a dramatic moment. 
And Graugach's sticking with it. He's like, your king is dead. We will mourn him for he was great. But he had become a king for dust. And we choose to live. What's wanted now is a queen of blood. Yes. <laughs> Which is like really cool. Do you think, I think that this little guy was influenced by the blood queen's presence? Yeah, I think he, I, you know, I think he's like. Without them just saying it because he's just his actions. He's like seduced by this idea of being super powerful. I don't know that this character necessarily has ever had any level of power, but like the three of them are like, we'll be princes with armies. And um, you kind of get the feeling that even before all of the power of these like fairy folk was diminished, he probably wasn't the top of the totem pole and was just like thought that that idea sounded great and wanted that so badly and was so greedy that he like lost sight of everything else, killed his king and then was like, then saw the error of his ways, was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Stabbed himself in the heart. It's really sad. Like, it's a sad ending for this little guy. Yeah, I think you're right, too. I think the queen... Because even from her box, she gets the last bit of dialogue here. My days come at last and woe unto man. You know, like some scary shit. Yeah. So, yeah, you get the feeling like, okay, so she's in pieces in a box and she's still this powerful. <laughs> yeah. Her, like, influence is already felt. Oof. And it's some eerie shit. That's the end of the sixth chapter. Yeah, we have a couple epilogues here. I let's talk before we jump into the epilogues. Let's any yeah. let's just to just to like sort of keep it everything in line or like simplify it for ourselves. Any favorite? Let's talk about just any favorite panels or dialogue from the last two chapters before we jump into those epilogues. Yeah. Just because it's a lot to cover. Yeah, I'm just looking at all of it right now. I think Dagda's such a cool-looking character. It's fun to get to see him again. Yeah, and Duncan really gives him a, such great life and detail. I like, yeah, I like that he makes him kind of, like, gangly. Like, he's got these long arms. Yeah, he's he's just cool-looking. I really like this lizard body that he gives Igor to. This, like, fat lizard <laughs> creature coming up from the ground i think is like i don't know it's really like a despicable thing like you just kind of feel bad for him on a to a degree but he's also like kind of got it coming like he sort of did it to himself yeah i'm always surprised by his his hind legs when they appear after he, when he's dying because when he comes out i'm like oh he must have turned to all lizard like snake but then his legs reappear and i'm like oh he's even more disgusting for some reason him yeah. having hind legs with that much of a serpent body is extra gross. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, he's nasty. He's a nasty creature. <laughs> Favorites? Favorites? I mean, probably these cool ass pictures of Koshi the Deathless are really awesome. Like him as a big green demon towering over Hellboy is pretty fucking sweet. Yeah. And yeah, the like the fighting with them in the beginning, this like big orange and red and yellow splash page kind of stuff. I just really like the way Figredo draws this armor too. these like thick leather gloves and stuff like that. There's a lot of like really fun textures in this page that are just interesting to look at. And there's a lot going on, but it's still very clear. I think that the um, color, the coloring is certainly helping with like making this a very easy to read image mm -hmm. yeah just dave stewart crushing it as usual yeah mm, what about you i think in chapter five one one of my absolute favorite 
panels is about about five five or six pages in. It's the the image after the trees grow. The wide panel that's just the wide shot of all the rocks and then the trees and then Koshje's uh, like body and Hellboy's very small. I absolutely love yeah. that panel. I think that is cool. I think it's just a great display of the texture that Fregredo brings, the colors that D- Stewart does, and I just like a, a silent. It's perfect pacing to put a silent panel after such you know. Work. Yeah, with like the dust yeah. all emerging from it. Like that I absolutely love. And then the next one, I love the down shot looking upward from where it's Grugak and the other three guys looking down into the well, or the pit. And yeah. you just have the one bit of from the giant of I have her, I think. And it's like yeah. a crescent moon pretty much. I think that shot is so That perfect. is really cool. You're right. I absolutely love that. Um, and then into the next, I mean, there's this thing I have to, I have to hand it to the fact that they have that crazy shot with Baba Yaga sucking on the goat's mouth. Cause it's just like, it's, it feels like perfect. it feels really profane. Like it feels like it feels fucked up. Like, I feel like, um, there's a lot of like. Not that this is a bad thing. I think that it's a good thing that there are positive images of like witches and like pagans and stuff like that. Like, I think that that as a religion or like a lifestyle or a philosophy, I think that that shit's cool. It's like you're just into nature and stuff. But for this story, this is an evil witch. This is like a classic evil, blood sucking, child eating witch. And this, like, idea of a witch, like, mating or, like, having the these, like, weird relations with, like, goats and, like, representatives of the devil and stuff like that is, like, some classic witch shit. And it's pretty fucking cool to see it portrayed like that because it feels, it, like, does make you feel uneasy. It's like, ugh. This is an evil character. Like, you're supposed to, it's eliciting this, like, disgust um, at being, like so unnatural and creepy it really makes baba yaga seem like she'll do anything to you know she's killed and stuff like that but i think you know as an audience we're desensitized to that a little bit but it's not every day you see like basically on the verge of bestiality like kind of like fully mouth-to-mouth goat to try to (laughs) (laughs) make the soul of your like ward (laughs) keep going like it's it's all it's fucked up yeah, and I think what you said was uneasy, and I think a lot of people, especially in cinema, and there's there's examples that are, that are against this, but I think horror, a lot of people that immediately just jump to, like, gore and that being mm-hmm. what's uncomfortable, whereas this is like, no, horror is putting up images that just make you completely uncomfortable, too. It's yeah. what I do like about, um, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, God, what is his name? Asher that did a uh, hereditary. Oh, Ari Ar- Aster. Uh, yeah. His, it's like, if any, he would be a good guy that I would be like, what if he made a Hellboy movie? I would be very <laughs> interested in a Hellboy movie that he made. I think that he seems to understand like folklore and treat it with this, like a certain level of like, um, he's not hitting you over the head with it. It's not super obvious in a way that I think Mignola does all the time. Uh, where it's like just incorporated into the story and not necessarily the like you're not like reading the dictionary definition of what this character is or 
or like what you know you kind of are revealed the folklore behind his stories as you go in a very like like deliberate slow way yeah i would be so interested in seeing what he did with i I don't think he'll touch it with a fucking 10 foot pole after 2019 i don't think yeah i think those we're gonna get another hellboy movie for a little while but you know maybe as an older man (laughs) (laughs) that'd be really cool yeah I, i i mean i would love to see their take on it as well, or his take on it, Ari, or Robert Eggers, the guy that did The Lighthouse and Witch. Uh, yeah, like those are totally. The, those are the characters, the people that I'm like, I think they just would, re- would f- the material would, they'd bring it off the page a little bit better. I think, and it's true, I think, I think Hellboy truly is more of a horror than an action. There's a ton of action in this one, and there's always action in at least like a couple panels of all of them, but... It's like Hellboy's trying to walk away. He's trying to get away. Like he's not going in there to be like, you know, chewing gum and kicking ass kind of a thing. <laughs> he he doesn't want to fight. He wants to get out of there. Yeah. So I think that like the approach to how the action is done needs to be different. I'm with you on that. I'm 100%. In our fantastical future Hellboy um, movie. Yeah. The one that, yeah, we're going to fund it. This podcast is right. going to fund. Yeah, we'll produce it. <laughs> I would even like like a sh- uh, shorts. I would love like those directors to be, like do shorts that take place in the world of Hellboy. It makes me think of the fan movie that we watched, the fan cartoon of um, A Pot and a Pan. The spoon. That, with the, the decapitated head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the troll, the troll witch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to see like, them Like, that, that person had a, an understanding of what was going on, I think. Like, the feel of the comic. Yeah. More so than... I would like... A jo- another director I would love to touch this material is Jonathan Glazer. I don't know. He's the guy that did um, Sexy Beast, Birth, and his last one was Under the Skin. I don't think I've seen any of uh, them. He's brilliant. He does very... He's only out. done three movies, but then he's, he's known for music videos. Did you see The Lighthouse in the movie theaters by any chance? Uh, no, no, uh, I watched it at home. For a while, one of his, his, he had a short film that was playing in in front of Lighthouse too, and it was, they're just directors that I think, tonally-wise, they're just so, they're incredible, yeah, but that's all, and I just think, it would, I'd love I'll to see them, watch it. I'd love to see them tackle this material, not that, again, not that it will ever happen, but. <laughs> right. I mean, who knows, man, in another, like, like, I feel like comic book movies have already come so far. You know, who knows? Really? Yeah, you do. Yeah, that is very if a studio true. thinks it'll make money, then they'll do it. Yes. You are right yeah. about that. You're definitely right about that. Um, I mean, and then before we move on to the epilogues, I think the other, like, I really like, I'm trying to think if I have an f- absolute favorite in, this, in the final chapter, uh, other than the things that you touched on with giant Cushier as green monster. I think that's great. I think I think the final chapter. I love the art. It's brilliant as always. I think it's a lot of the story elements that are almost standing above everything. Because I love yeah. that it's. I love this idea that things are final. Like we're, our story are, is finalizing and it's closing doors, but it's also just opening up so much. We're yeah. just what the trajectory that Hellboy's on is just picking up speed. And we're just like, what the fuck is about to come? (laughs) 
Things are getting dire, even though he barely made it out of this. <laughs> and it's absolutely what I love. And I love, I will forever love Duncan's depiction of him as, in, uh, as the king of hell or whatever. That's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, it's badass. It's true, Ang Un Rama. <laughs> but yeah. I wonder if, uh, so Fagredo must ink this too, right? They don't, yeah, they don't have like a separate inker. Uh, yeah, I'm not, credit. Yeah, I don't see an inker credit on here. I wonder what he. I wonder if he uses a brush or what. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's like the most. Whenever I see a like follow an artist on Instagram, everyone's always like, everybody asks me what I ink with, so they like end up showing like it's this pen, it's this, but like just practice. Like it doesn't really matter what you're inking with. Yeah. But but I do wonder if he uses a brush. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. A brush or like a marker, you know? Yeah. It's really cool looking. It's pretty as hell. And then I, I love it. Let's go into the epilogue because we get to see him do the other characters that we love for the yeah. first time, which is great. It's crazy. It's like, I was like, oh, I guess we haven't really seen him do like humans. Like we've seen him do the little girl and stuff like that, but they're like kind of ghostly figures. Mm -hmm. It is fun to see it. It's like, oh, this is what his uh, version of. Liz, Kate, and Abe. Yeah, they get a piece of mail from Hellboy. It went to the old address. That's how long he's been gone. He doesn't know anything about, like, the frogs or Daimyo, which Liz talks about. He's like, wow, he doesn't know any of this stuff. He doesn't even know that Roger's um, dead. Yeah, he doesn't know that Roger's dead. Like, some really devastating shit. Hellboy mentions that he's staying with Harry Middleton, and Abe's like, you mean, like, at his house? Because he's dead. <laughs> he's been dead. And then you kind of see these shots of the house where Hellboy was at the beginning of the story, including, like, the liquor that he was drinking, and, like, everything is completely covered in cobwebs. It's like nobody's been there for decades. And Kate just kind of wraps up that blog with, oh, I don't like the sound of this. You know, they're just like Hellboy's either losing it or there's ghosts interfering with whatever Hellboy's doing. Whatever is happening, it sounds bad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, I love all yeah. the texture work in the, in the house. The difference, like his, I think you've already commented and about like his cobweb work and everything is so yeah, eerie. Yeah, are so cool. It's so eerie. I love it, and I love it. That they just feel so thick. Like they're not like single strings of spider web. It's like thick web, thick, thick, thick webs. Yeah, it's cool. And I love that we've we've put a timeline on it. We've like he has been gone six years. I love that. Yeah, like, we make it definitive. I love his I love his Abe Sabian. I think that Abe when he's talking, that close up panel of him is great. I love both of those. Yeah, Ugh. it's cool. I like his kind of like crooked nose that he gives him. Mm -hmm. And I even like I love both. I love his. Uh, oh my gosh, Kate! I think Kate is great in here. Especially yeah, ending. I, I he does like a good job of making them very distinct characters. I think like some uh, you know uh, male and female artists will sometimes like just default to one head shape of female characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that Figredo does treat these characters like to say, you know, like very distinctly separate people. Um, it's cool. Ooh, and spooky. I love it. I love totally a spooky, spooky reveal for us. Ooh, he was talking to a ghost. A g -g ghost. I guess that's why he could tell him that his dad was proud of him because he's a g ghost. <laughs> yeah. And then epilogue two, 
We get to see uh, Hecate's story. And it's drawn by Mignola. Yeah. It's very cool. And there's... Um, so, Ed, it's Edward Gray? Yeah, I think we finally get a clear name on who it is. We've seen this character throughout, hanging out with Drogda yeah. and all of them, and he's been present. We might have heard his name one time, but this is definitely the first time I feel like we're very clear on that is Sir Edward Gray. And this, even though this was in a, both these epilogues were added to the collection of Darkness Calls, they weren't a part of the original release of the issues okay. when they collected it. That into that volume of the collection, they added these. They added both these. Okay, cool. But it's also it's because they're pretty substantial. They're like really long epilogues. Yeah, this would be like an issue in itself if they released it. Yeah, totally. But it, what's good and what's interesting is that this epilogue too still predates the first like Witchfinder stories. So oh, okay, cool. So with it, like so we still don't know very much about Edward Gray yes, at all. Yes, exactly. We're gonna that will come down the line when we get to those those additional comics. But this is sort yeah. of filling us in on this bigger world, which has been weirdly there the whole time, but just not given to us. <laughs> yeah it's cool yeah he like goes to visit the tomb she's like did you come to like mock your queen he's like you were never my queen <laughs> so you get this impression of like okay this isn't like a minion come to like help Hecate out it's just a, like you said just a way to get backstory where it's like I all of your history has been told by your enemies I wanted to hear it from your mouth so we just basically get like Hecate's cool background story we see like how she was married to Thoth and Thoth had like two or three, three angels, fallen yeah. angels. Yeah. Who like revealed all of these like words of power to him. And he only gave two of these to his subjects. So she killed Thoth and kind of like made this um, knowledge available to mankind. And we see her too, like as a, snake-like figure there's like a lot of like biblical stuff at least for me coming yeah up. so he real quick he does she doesn't kill toth she like puts him into a slumber or a sleep oh she goes and she kills the watchers which i love this is directly to the island and the oh, back she kills like the angels or yeah whatever. and drinks their blood then goes and pukes that shit up and then yeah and then as you said already, shares their knowledge to the people, but then Toth wakes up, and this is where her, her curse begins, is because he wakes up to find find what oh, she gotcha. has done. He's pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Hyporia, this ancient city, which is crazy. Yeah, and then Edward's like, yeah, but didn't all those people that you taught end up doing all this fucking horrific shit because they now have all this power where they, like, poison the land and famine and plague and all of this stuff and it's like I came into this world to set men free I gave them that knowledge what they chose to do with it that was for men to decide so oh yeah oh yeah okay sorry then Toth cursed yeah cursed her like you said to be like half serpentine mm -hmm. and she could no longer go out in the light so she's like this night like birth of the I mean she's already like born of the moon right yeah and it's cool because it's sort of like a fun origin story for like in the Hellboy universe, like the first vampire almost. Yeah. Because I, I was trying to make the connection when Wake in, in Wake the Devil how Hecate was like the mother of uh, that, the, the vampire in that. I am blanking on his name. 
<laughs> Gruga, uh, whatever his name is, his name that I have a hard time pronouncing, like everybody else's. That Elsa's lover. What is his goddamn name? <laughs> oh, Vladimir uh, Grescu. Uh, Grescu. Oh, Grescu. So Grescu was a vampire, and I was like, oh, Hecate's this witch, but how is she? But then I'm like, oh, I get it now through this storyline. It's backing up. I'm like, yeah, she's this witch, but then she sort of gets. She's like this proto-vampire. Fire, yeah. Like, so it's like, of course her yeah. bloodline would create then this these vampires. It's I just yeah. like. I like she's them. like drinking blood. Yeah, and I love that they're just filling in this history. I love too what she says here, where it's like, well, like Edward's like, you've given birth to any number of horrors, and she says, true. You would say I have done evil, but you cannot judge me. You think as men think, and what I am is beyond the comprehension of man. So like, it's kind of like I'm this fucking like power. I'm this thing that's like I'm not good or evil. I just am. Yeah. I'm like this knowledge and this like uh, means to get power and if mankind uses that in a way that's fucked up it's kind of on them and i love that those words those like very prideful words are coming from her stuck in a tomb in this elsa body that's like (laughs) grabbed by a skeleton (laughs) it's amazing it's like well you're in a sad state for being beyond comprehension of men yeah which edward basically says whatever you are you are finished now <laughs> till the last day I will sleep till he calls me. He, you know, and then shows a shot of Hellboy, a little panel of Hellboy. Mm-hmm. However, this war ends, he will be lost. It will be for you to find him, and you will. And true to his nature, he will be both your salvation and your destruction. Yeah, and it's just like men are gonna suffer, it's gonna be fucking bad. I hope you bear it well. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it is really like I my hands are clean at this point. I did what right. I did. She says, yeah, she's like, this isn't a curse. This is just what's going to happen. Yeah. All this evil, bad shit is going to go down. You're going to go down with it. And I'm not telling you because I'm not putting this on you. I'm just telling it like it is. Yeah. And it's very ominous. Ooh. And I love that Mignola is back at like that blank black panel. That's what he's really known for. Just one that says in it yeah. with the goodbye in it. It's just a black panel. Yeah. I, I'm very much into him doing his version of Grugak over Gragda's dead body, his gold blood bleeding out. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very cool, like that version that we get to see of Mignola do. It's so cool to see, too, how much his... I mean, and Jonathan really talked about this when we had him on, about like how much Mignola's style will change. This is like from our very early episode where he was like his style is going to completely come into its own and change so drastically and you really are seeing that here it's like completely uh like whittled down to essential kind of lines which is like still as we've as, as we've said so many times like still an extremely hard thing to do it's not like busy with hash marks but it's like setting such a mood it's awesome. It's really awesome. His snake work with Hecate, like it, her being like a presence too, like a giant snake, but it's, she's translucent a bit. So she's just emerging from yeah. the, she's still stuck, but just I love all these little elements that are at play through this epilogue. Because you could walk away from this epilogue and just think, okay, it's just backstory, whatever. But it's like really just adding this depth to things we already knew or adding new mm-hmm. colors to the story. Like, it's making these big bads more than just like a, oh, it was fun to draw them. It's like, no, there's some deep shit 
in the whole world to everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It, it, it's like, yeah, this is from like the beginning of time, like the beginning of mankind, like pre pre mankind, you know, it's like, yeah, essential evil kind of stuff. Yeah. The fact that there's just so much history that he's developed. It's like, does he have like a, a Bible that he has to like constantly like check or like a he must at this point. He's like, okay, this, 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 or this. <laughs> he's got the Hellboy companion. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. This is why I think Mignola should release a new companion. We need it. <laughs> Seriously. A whole big thing of it. But that's awesome. That's the end of yeah. Darkness Calls with those final little Very epilogues. Cool. Very cool stuff. Just again, that the dumb train metaphor. I just feel like this train is just moving and it's picking up a lot of pace. Yeah. Totally. Ooh, any other final thoughts about your read of Darkness Calls, Kate? It makes me scared. <laughs> Hellboy's gonna die soon. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I'm scared of. I'm like, he's toast or something. I know he's, you know, or the end of the world or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a feeling that love will triumph, but it also is like, I mean, Darkness Calls, man. That's exactly what it is. It's like, there's some doom happening over here it's like feeling very hopeless but it, yeah it just makes me want to keep reading what about you uh same thing i mean it's a reread for me but i am like it's fun to revisit stuff the stuff you forget even though you've read it before yeah. and you're like oh yeah that or this moment i think this art will always do that for me i'll find something new it's a cliche, but I'll find something new every time I read it's it. It's dense. Yeah. It's dense. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to take in. Yeah. Um, any Anything that you would suggest um, from reading the, what we've read in these last two chapters for people to read, watch, or enjoy? Um, I feel like I have to, like, I have homework that I have to do where I want to, like, look up stuff about, like, Hyperborea and all that shit. Um, yeah, I'm with you I, there. I finished, I finished Last of Us 2, so All right. everybody hurry up and finish it. If anybody wants to email me about it, I would love to talk about this, uh, this fucking video game. Was the ending satisfying? Yeah, it was. It's fucking heart-wrenching, though. It's truly like a heartbreaking second installment. I saw that HBO is going to make a show out of, out of the video game. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, the fucking the experience of it is like beyond TV to me. Like it it was the story was so strong and like told in such a cool way that incorporated the gameplay so seamlessly that it's like was better than a TV show to me. Wow. It felt very satisfying to play. It was fucking awesome. Love it. If you hated the game, that's fine, but you don't have to email me about it. <laughs> the game's getting, the game's like getting a lot of heat for various reasons, but um, I thought it was the fucking shit. I thought it was so cool. Uh, yeah. What's the heat it's getting? What do you mean by that? Um, the heat is a lot of like, I would say like, I, I would say, uh, you know, loud minority of people like like guy gamers who are like the xyz shouldn't have happened xyz is only included because of social justice warriors or oh, shit like go that. fuck off those people yeah fuck it's off. it's just it's just that it, like that's pretty much all it is like but they're you know they're like you know just being assholes and like spamming people's instagram accounts like people who are acting on it uh naughty dog the game developers they're just like loudly being dickheads about the content and uh, the content of the game. And it's like, I don't know what 
good thing have you ever done? Like how, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you hate, like even, a, even for a game that, even for games that I hate, I don't go into the creator's page and shit all over it. It just doesn't make fucking sense to me unless it's like some hateful piece of fucking like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I get it. I... There's other more important shit to get mad about right now. Um, far more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all. Well, what about, do you have any recommendations? Sorry. Oh, like, you're fine. I love hearing about it it something. I love hearing you talk about it. Cause I wanted to it's say cool. before I, I do have two suggestions, but I wanted yeah. to say in addition to you saying that that game's getting a adaptation, somebody was telling me that now they're moving forward. I don't know when, or I can't remember which network or whatever but the fallout tv show is in the works i saw that on amazon yeah that's pretty cool uh, people are saying that maybe they hope yeah. it will be a like an anthology sort of based possibly that would be cool yeah, yeah that would be great but i mean I, i've heard great things about that game i've only watched people play it never played it myself <laughs> i think that chernobyl director is uh, associated with the last of us hbo uh, that's special good that's quality stuff yeah i really like chernobyl so I'm excited to see what it's going to be. Great. I love that. Yeah. My two suggestions is based on Baba Yaga's revenge and her obsession with her revenge made me think of the Count of Monte Cristo. And I think if you haven't read that book, I highly suggest you read the unabridged version. Read the book. Don't watch the fucking movie with Guy Pierce and uh, the guy that played <laughs> Jesus Christ, who's a good actor. I don't dislike either of them. I think they're great. I like, I'm a big fan of Guy Pierce, actually. Jim Caviezel or whatever. Um, Jim Caviezel. Right? Yeah, Jim Caviezel. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, you're good. And that movie, just because it, instead of actually, because in the book, it really like, it dives in the idea that revenge, no matter what, will not cure. It makes things worse for you. If you follow, if you attempt to get your revenge, you might get a quick satisfaction, but in a sense, you're ruining the rest of your life and also possibly the the future of anybody that's in your life. This and is so I, relevant to Last of Us, Dave. <laughs> I love hearing that. I love it's hearing really that. It's really relevant. Because the movie makes it like romanticizes revenge. You know what I mean? By the end, it's right. like, oh, this like it will lead to good things. And you're like, no, it won't. It will destroy right, your Like that's the whole life. point is that it, yeah, corrodes your life. Yeah. And the, I remember reading the book maybe in high school when I started at like my senior year, when I started actually getting into books before everything I read prior to my senior year in high school, I was very checked out and just tried to like read the minimum to like write a, like pass the pass test, the test. But in senior year, that yeah. was one of the first books I like fully dived into that and another book, Cool. Called Black Boy that I think is phenomenal too. And but definitely check out that book. It's so good. Ugh, all the detail. Everything in that book is so rich and cool. It and it's It's on overdrive. There's like oh, great. ten versions of Try it. Try to find the truest yeah. to whatever the trans I d I, I don't know if it was trans a translated book or not. I can't remember. Yeah, from French. Yeah. So find whatever suggested version is best. Wait. The other suggestion I have based on our, uh, the delightment that we got out of those two soldiers talking about Kostje, the, the deathless, I was like, Oh, everybody should go watch. And uh, most people know about this movie because it's 
reference to Star Wars, A New Hope, because it said that George Lucas took inspiration from this movie for his way he wrote Star Wars with R2-D2 and C-3PO being sort of our entry characters. But there's a movie called The Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa. And I think it's, and it's, I, it's for the same reasons that it's associated with Star Wars, I would say watch it. It's a great story, but it starts where you just, en- you enter the story through these very minor characters who are pretty much just like scavengers. And then they get wrapped up in this bigger story about getting this princess safely back to her temple or her, oh, wow. her, pal- her palace. Not to- And it's a great, I mean, I love Kurosawa. He's my absolute favorite director of all time. There's people that are equal to him in my eyes, but he's just my personal favorite. He's incredible. And it's a fun, it's a good story. And Toshiro Mifune is amazing and all of the people in that movie. So that's my two suggestions for our listeners. Is he the same actor from Throne of Blood? Oh yeah. He's so good. I was so glad you were the one who... Lent me that, and it was so fucking good. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Hell yeah. I'll watch the hell out of this. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, But based on this being a segment where we suggest things, uh, before we close out, we got a segment for you guys called Oh Boy Email. Yeah. And I wanted to swing this one at the end in, in this section because it comes from Kevin Hines, who is one of the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. They're currently covering the Justice League International uh, from DC Comics. I'm behind on the readings and the episodes, but what I have read thus far and listened to is great as always from him and his brother. Um, But Kevin Hines, let me wait for that beep (laughs) to finish (laughs) because I fucking forget about the coffee every time. But oh, it's uh, Kevin Hines sent us a cool email doubling down on something we touched on as well as it's a pretty much a referral email. And I love it. It's titled Evan Dorkin. He says, Kevin, I just listened to episode eight of your Weird Tales quarantine season. And so you've maybe caught in an email like this already, but I wanted to alert you both to Evan Dorkin's non-milk and cheese work, which is Beasts of Burden. Didn't realize he was behind Beasts of Burden, so... I thought it was just Jill Thompson, but he says he doesn't draw it. Jill Thompson does, and she's unbelievable, which I knew she drew it when we talked about the one epa, one of her issues, um, but didn't really put it together. He wrote it, but he says, but it's supernaturally themed, so you, it might appeal to you. It's, cool. And he says, it's about dogs and some cats protecting the world from supernatural threats. Sound dumb? It's not. They started as, sh- <laughs> and this is his email. I love it. They started as short stories in Dark Horse's various big books line, but graduated to full tales. Recently had an artist change. Benjamin Dewey drew a story. Luckily, he's great too. But the stories are suitably fun and smart and definitely worth checking out. They even crossed over with Hellboy. That's something I knew about, and I hope we will we'll cool. de- definitely eventually touch on. He said, read the first collection, Animal Rights. And you'll be hooked. So, and then he he closes out with saying Evan Dorkin also recently wrote a mini series called Blackwood, a supernatural college, curses, bugs, witchcraft. I loved that too. A second mini is going now, drawn by Victor, excuse me Veronica Fish, and it's a blast. But if I can only force you to read one Evan Dorkin book, it'd be Beasts of Burden. Beasts of Burden is on Hoopla. So. Oh yeah, I'll be reading it. I'll be checking it out. Yeah, uh, that's a great email from Kevin Hines. Definitely check out his yeah, thank you. podcast, Screw. We're just going to talk about comics. So there you go. Fuck yeah. But that's it for this episode. Um, finishing off an amazing story, Darkness Calls, uh, which is kicking off a grand 
This is the beginning, Kate, of the, maybe the beginning of the end, I guess, because Hellboy does <laughs> eventually close out, but there'll be plenty more to read after that. But we want to hear from all of you out there. We want to hear your thoughts on the Darkness Calls or anything that we've covered in this episode or prior. We want to hear from you. You can email us at awcrapathellboypodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Um, also, uh, you follow us on Twitter at awcraphellboy. Instagram is awcrapathellboypodcast. Um, we post on there regularly. Uh, you can comment on there. You can message us through there as well. Uh, um, we'll definitely reply to you. Um, I'm pretty diligent on following up on anything that you send us via there. Um, but if you can, whatever f- format or whatever program you're using to listen to us, if they give you the option to give us a rating or a, and a review, please do so. For If you do give us a review, which is a five-star review, um, on Apple Podcasts and your review starts with the word boom, we will give you a shout out right here on the pod. We'll read your review. We'll praise you and we'll do all of that. We call that boom reviews. Yay. And if there if there is another review that you've done on another program that starts with boom and we haven't gotten to it, send me a notification. Let me, I'll look it up. I'll definitely give you a shout out as well. I just... Apple ones I see the most regularly. But do that. Give us a boom review. We'd love to read your review and praise you. (laughs) But that is it for this great episode. A great uh, finale to a wonderful story, Darkness Calls. Excited to continue to go forward. But that's it. Thank you again for listening. And remember, we love you. Hear ye, hear ye. Aw, crap, a Hellboy podcast listeners. Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella Hella in Your Your 30s. 30s, A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know, like how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages, because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being Hella in Your 30s is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day. Let's order pizza. Campfire.